0: Thank you to the Not Anything Special podcast. Thanks for joining in again. Um, We're still on dichotomy of leadership. Left off um, with the beginning of chapter five, I believe. And we kind of just did a little bit of it, but I wanted to kind of revisit it because we didn't really finish that out as well. Um, Train hard, but train smart. And we've kind of beat that down um, with training hard and training smart. Um, how direct and simple communication in training can benefit everything, um as in, The direct and simple communication to your subordinates or to the upper chain of command or your customers, your family, it, it doesn't really matter. Anyone that you meet in life, just the simple terminology, Is going to be key for you to decide, okay, are they understanding me clearly? Well, if you're using simple terminology, clear and concise, of course they are going to. So I just wanted to kind of reiterate that kind of thing. Um, Making sure that your training is realistic, your role playing, your rehearsing, you're using the fundamentals, um, make it repetitive, take extreme ownership when you need to, pass on lessons learned, and find the balance. So some of the things pass on lessons learned, we do that um, with our business group and where we're just passing on. I believe uh, Mike got on earlier today and told a story about a customer. So that's amazing that he does that. And then um, so that's passing on information for everybody to be better than what they are. The other thing is knowing your fundamentals. And the basics, like going, okay, what am I going to be doing today? And what is my usual basis for doing this type of car? Whether it's a you know an express detail, a full detail, or maybe you're just taking your kids to the park and you're looking around and making sure everything's clear and there's no dogs that are gonna bite your kids. There's I know there's a million things like. Or maybe you're out like Chris does a lot of fishing. He's looking at the fundamentals of his fishing, you know. Oh, I've got my tackle box. My daughter's here. I I can see her at all times. I know she's not going to get in the river. She's got her life jacket on. So whether you're in business, you're at home, or you're talking to customers, or you're out and about, basing your, your fundamentals of life is a huge thing. It's just. I call it common sense, but sometimes it's not so common, right? Um, Role playing is another thing of of role playing with your customers, doing the ring down with other partners. So like whether it's Romero calling Ryan and just having some fun on the phone and saying, ring, ring, I'd like a detail or ring, ring, what what do you guys offer there? Just having fun and playing. You guys don't have to do it as a thing. As like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this. Just call up your buddy and be like, yeah, uh, I like a detail, and let him go through the, go through it. You know, have fun with each other and do it because that's just going to, um, make you better, more comfortable on the phone every day of the week. So role playing with each other is is a great way to get comfortable on the phone, talking to your customers, um, calling up every. I don't know, pick five people in a week and call five people in the mafia and go, hey, I want to play a role play game with you. Can you just do a ring down with me about a customer so I can practice doing customer stuff that you have issues with? It. I just challenge you guys to do five a week for a while if you're new or you're not comfortable on the phone. If you're comfortable on the phone, then don't do it. But if you are not comfortable on the phone, then I challenge you, just call five detail mafia members and go, hey, let's play a game. Can you do a ring down with me? Give me a, a some synopsis or whatever. I don't care what it is. I want to be able to get better on the phone with my customers. So that goes back to fundamentals, role-playing and rehearsing your contingencies, right? That also goes into that rehearsal of training. So if you start Knowing some of the things that people are going to zing at you, then you can be better prepared, not as a robotic. You don't want to be robotic when you answer questions, but you want to be real. You want to be like, oh, I get you, man. Like that sucks. I get that your car has those water spots. I cannot tell you right now if I'm going to be able to get those off or if they're etched. I, I haven't seen the vehicle but you can sympathize with them over the phone and you're not freaked out about, oh, what am I going to use for this water spot? Um, Or when your wife or your husband comes to you and says, we've got to do X, Y, Z. The dog's got to go to the vet. I got to take the kid to the doctor. We got shopping to do, or if you want to eat dinner. And by the way, you got to pay the bills today because this is due. All of a sudden you have all these things at you And you got to take a deep breath and go, okay, I can get all this done, but the only way you can do this is if you role play in your mind. What am I going to do when this comes up? What am I going to do when this comes up? It's called rehearsing. All right. So let's see. Uh, So that kind of goes over the training, uh, positive reinforcement, give yourself, you don't need if you're a single person in a job, you don't need somebody to give positive reinforcement to you. do it yourself. You know, think about your accomplishments that you've already gained. You've already gone to running's training. You've already, you know, been detailing. You know, it's okay to go, you know what? I'm doing a really good job. I'm, I'm doing a great job. I, I do a good job with my customers. I have good customer satisfaction. I, go all out for my customers. I go above and beyond. Give yourself some credit where credit is due, and it'll make you feel better at the end of the day that, you know what, yeah, I am doing a good job, and my customers are, um, they are appreciative of me. Um, So you don't have to have anyone giving positive reinforcement. You can do it yourself on your own. I think that was it that i wanted to make sure that we covered from chapter five even though we kind of went over it briefly so we're going to move on to chapter six which is aggressive uh not reckless and i really like this chapter because i am super aggressive i am i am i am like aggressive 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 execute, execute, execute all the time. And when I got back into life as a regular person and not doing my paramilitary job, it was relax. It's going to be okay. Nobody's died. This is not life or death. Nobody's house is burning down. There was no need to execute, execute, like as in I had to be on sympathetic mode twenty four hours, seven days a week, and I bet you Chris is laughing in his car right now as I'm talking about this, but um, aggressive default, right that's what that's what Jocko talks about is aggressive default. And man, that is like a best place to be, but where it gets reckless is when you're overextending yourself and you're you know, uh. Ryan is a perfect example, is that he got, I'm not sure, Ryan, if you, is our if I talk to people about how your HOA got pissed at you? Oh
1: no! no. Yeah, 100%. Okay,
0: perfect. So Ryan is a perfect example of overextension, <laughs> not being reckless, but in a way, sometimes he's got to almost uh, overextend himself because his HOA, he had a complaint about working out of his house. Uh, and so... What happened was I got to mute somebody. So I I think that is Corey, Taylor. Can you mute
2: yourself, please?
0: Perfect. Excellent. Thank you. So, um, ryan got a complaint from his hoa so he's renting a shop out part of the time and it sucks right because now all of a sudden he's having to pay rent and one of the cool things that we talked about i think it was like a month ago ryan was like man it i might need to call you ask you some advice blah 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 because he was debating whether he's going to go mobile versus staying in the shop that he's running from his buddy but you know, is he being reckless by renting a space out from from his buddy? Absolutely not. He's got to do something for those customers that do not want him to come to his house and he can't be mobile for. Um, How can he fit everything in the back of his little cute Maverick truck, right? It, I can tell you I have an eight by five and a half trailer and we'll go over how I over plan and how I overly do it but at the end of the day, like, uh, Chris Tubbs does it, you know, Tubbs detailing does it amazingly because of the fact he actually can plan out everything for his detail. Right. And he has it in the back of his pickup truck. He does a great job with it. I have a trailer and sometimes I feel feel like I don't have enough room. Um, Ryan doesn't have anything on the back of his truck. So he has zero capability of, of keeping things secure and, and leaving it there and having to take it in his house all the time and, and that type of stuff. So my vote for him was not to go mobile because he's got a whole setup when he's already got a shop. He's only got to pay a thousand bucks a month. Um, he's gonna have to generate it somehow. I've got some ideas for you, Ryan. All you have to do is call me and I'll help you with those ideas. I know how for you to, to help you with that revenue stream. Um, but at the end of the day, is he being reckless? No, he's, he's mitigating issues secondary to an HOA issue and having to go mobile sometimes because some of his customers just rather have it in their house than at the shop off Fulton. And if you know where Fulton is in Sacramento, I'm not going to bring my car over there overnight. It's just not going to happen. If it's a day job every day of the week, you want me to leave my car there overnight in that neighborhood. It's not going to happen. And I was pretty honest with Ryan when I said that to him. It's just not going to happen. But during the for a day thing, and if you can make your space clean and concise for your customers so when they come into that space that he's renting out from his buddies, perfect, right? Because you still want it to be like, I've got you, your car is here, it's safe, it's behind this gated situation. I know you're in the hood because basically we're this area of town is, is not good, but he's mitigating a situation. He has to for a couple months, right? Is it a little reckless? Absolutely not. Reckless would be Ryan going into a lease for $3,000 a month when he can barely afford the thousand for that space, because it's ridiculous. And the lease has got some triple ideology you know, triple lease contingency bullcrap, wanting to put money back on you for having the asphalt laid out in the parking lot, right? That is stuff that you have to take a look at. Um, But anyway, that would be reckless or getting into a a bigger shop than you really need would be reckless. So uh, expansion versus profit and loss, um, that's kind of what we're going over And staffing in hard times. So I think the only one on on right now is Chris that has staffing. Um, I think that he plans, I'm pretty sure. I would would literally bet 100% Chris plans for hard times so he would not have to lay off his staff and assures that he has the money in the bank to pay his staff during hard times. He just gave me the thumbs up. So if you're not planning for hard times, uh, you probably should because I don't think this is going to change until the next election, and it's just going to get worse. So um, my best friend's a realtor. Seven point five percent in California is, and I'm sure it's across the board. Is the loan rates right now? So um, oh, that's right. And Ryan McCullough is also on. He's playing, He's planning for hard times. He just gave me a thumbs up. Um, so if you don't plan for those hard times right now, you need to be rethinking your way of doing business. And that is reckless. That's what I would be calling reckless right now. If you're not thinking about the next, even one month from now, two months from now, three months from now, you need to plan out until the next election what's going to happen with your business and how you can start stowing away that money. Because if you don't, you're gonna be in a world of crap because if I'm telling you that realtors are having a hard time right now, it's not the people that don't want to buy the house; it's the people that don't want to pay the 7.5 percent interest rate with an with a freaking credit score of 790 and 800 because the interest rates are shooting up out. And these are people that don't have the VA that can help them out and don't have you know schools credit union or a credit union like Firefighters First Credit Union, right? these are normal people everyday workers that don't have that ability to go to that type of credit union and get just a little bit better but that little bit better is literally like a 6.9 or a 6.2 i think right now so you need to think about it and let me tell you that should be telling you where we're going and i watch the interest rates because she is my my best friend we work out every day together and she's a great realtor, and she's going up and down every single week, it seems like they're changing the interest rate. Oh, they're going to go down to a five again. Oh, but three days later, they're back up to a 6.8. And then now they're to a 7.5. That is not a good thing when the feds do that. It means that they are so insecure about the economy right now that they can't figure out what to do. And when they can't figure out what to do about the economy should be a heads up to you to go, okay, I need to not be planning for expansion unless you're bursting out of the seams, unless your shop is literally has nowhere to go, but bigger, or you need to raise your rates, right? Maybe you need to raise up a little bit of money, or maybe you need to go mobile, you know, There's other things that you can do besides getting into that really brand new shop right now, because if you're going to buy a shop, good luck. Um, I would wait a little bit to the prices go down. But anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, profit and loss. Know what your profit and loss is, right? Because if you know your profit and loss, then you won't be reckless. It'll lead you not to in reckless. It'll go, oh, I'm spending this much money on my insurance per month. I've got This going out for my product. Um, I've had an, oh, I've had an increase in business. I have an increase in product. Great. So, but my increase of business should overcompensate for that increase of product. And if it's not, then you have an issue, right? Um, So kind of really take a look at that stuff and then being aggressive, get aggressive with what you're doing as in, I belong to four chambers of commerce. I'm not kidding you, four. So the reason why is because the economy sucks right now. Literally sucks. So I I used to just do BNI and one chamber of commerce. Now I'm BNI, chamber of commerce for Elk Grove, chamber of commerce for Rockland, chamber of Acropolis for Roosevelt, chamber of commerce for Sacramento. And then I have that six in Scotts Valley. So I'm six, cha- six things that I belong to to ensure that my business is always gonna be stable. Because no matter, at the end of the day, if you're not getting any word of mouth and you're not doing any Google ads and you're not doing this, yeah, I have six places uh, I should be getting revenue from. If I am not getting revenue from one of these six places, I suck, right? So I should rethink about what I'm doing. Now that I've gone off on a little tangent, sorry, guys, um... So that's me being aggressive, right? I get overly aggressive. I'm going to execute and I am i don't care that it costs me 300 bucks to join that chamber of commerce because I went there to the Rockland one. Yesterday, I got two phone calls already for details, right? That it already paid for itself for the year. So I don't care how many chambers I'm going to go join a couple more as long as it keeps giving me revenue. I don't care at the end of the day. And I get free breakfast to go hang out with some people. I get to rub like elbows with some entrepreneurs that are doing really freaking well in life. Some uh, board of supervisors that are for the county. And then also there was state senator there. How many times do you get to see the state senator at a freaking chamber of commerce? I'm like, oh, I picked a good one to go to today, right? So what that does is, okay, I can get into a state. Hey man, I'm a detailer. That guy came up, shook my hand and said, you do detailing. And I said, I do. I love it. And he's like, oh, you just retired from the fire department. I did. But can I have your business card? Well, it's a state center that just took my business card. Even if he doesn't call me, do you think he's going to give my business to somebody else? He probably could or maybe not. But he took my business card for a reason. And those guys don't ask unless they're either going to do word of mouth for you or they're going to use you. So that's being aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. Execute, execute, execute. Do you have anything to add on that, Chris? I know you're driving, but no, nah, you hit nail on the head.
3: Um, you never know, never know who you're gonna bump into in any of those things. And like you say with the state senator, I mean, as soon as I got back from AFO last year, they all hit me up. They actually sent me letters just off of. I just, I, all I did was advertise on. My little normal little Facebook and my website. And that was it. They actually reached out to me. So you never know what you're going to run into, which has led me to even bigger jobs. So
0: Yeah. And that gives you more money and more security for later on during these hard times, right? Would you agree about the hard yeah, times but right back now? Back to your
3: planning.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Even if you're you're one-man. If you're a one-man show, I had to deal with COVID. Luckily, I was able to work it out and kept on trucking and making money. But even if you're a one-man show, you need to be planning for those hard times all the time. I constantly, constantly expect oh. the unexpected.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, McCullough, Ryan, are you available for comment? Aggressive versus reckless. I know that you're going through a change of your business. I think that's aggressively backing up what you need to do for hard times that are coming
4: yeah I've uh I've
0: congratulations on AFO
4: oh thank you thank you very much I'm very uh honored and excited about it perfect um yeah you know I've I've been reckless in my approach with things in business for sure and that's what's cause well that's how I've learned most of my lessons, but that's what's caused me to uh you know re have to recalculate as well. Right now what I do um for planning and like you know coming into troubled times actually is through Square you can set up a savings account where it takes out transactions, a percent of your transactions. For me that's the best route out of sight, out of mind. You know, for me to tuck something away and put into savings, I just take it. I have mine set up at 18%. So I have it take out 18% of every every payment that goes through. That kind of...
0: Yeah, no, that's good. And, and how's the changing of shops and all that kind of going for you?
4: Oh, it's... Uh, I put in my 30 days at the beginning of the month and we have been slammed. And so I have two weekends not even full weekends to get it done so it's it's uh it's busy in about a week and a half booked out
0: that's awesome
4: so i've been at work till 8 and 11 o'clock all week
0: just so you can get it racked out so you can move shops
4: yeah you know takes me back to when i first started detailing
0: (laughs) that's awesome all right. So chapter seven, we're going to go into discipline, not rigid. Um, It kind of, we kind of hit on this, right? On some previous stuff about if you're too straight and narrow and you don't have any room to wiggle, like um, perfect example is you're too straight and narrow on your prices, right? I have a, I have a, And this is, this is what I do. You don't have to do what I do. I don't really care, but I have this little old lady that calls me up and, um, and she really just wants to get her car protected. And it's like 350 bucks is my price online. And she, she almost cries to me on the phone because I mean, she's like 80 years old and she's still driving her car. And I said, ma'am, I'm like, how old are you? And she's like, I'm 80. And I said, well, why didn't you tell me you get a you get a senior citizen's discount? That's not being stringent on my price beat. I don't care who you are, or how old you are. My price is this, blah blah blah. But she really loves her car and she just wants to protect it. And quite frankly, from she actually texted me a picture. This woman is so tech savvy that she texted me a picture of her Part, it wasn't that journey. I said, you know what? You get a senior citizen discount. So I went over to her. It did not take me but two hours to do her car. I charged her 200 bucks. That is not being um, stringent. So I'm so rigid that I can't move. That's doing the right thing for for the right cause, right? Because I could have easily gone 150 on her and not even cared or even 100 bucks just because of the fact that she was like the sweetest person in the that I was talking to. But at the same time, I still have to pay for insurance. I still have to pay for gas. I still have to pay for my product, my drive time there, my drive time back, blah, 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 blah. So I gave her a huge discount, right? Because I was there for two hours and I charged her 200 bucks. And she, she took like a whole stack of business cards because you know why? She has a whole bunch of people that she goes and plays cards with every day. She has a whole bunch of people that she does X, Y, Z with, you know, and a whole bunch of people in her little uh, community. And it was on the sea. I literally had the best of you detailing her car out on the ocean. Like I couldn't ask for a better day to do it. I I simply enjoyed it. And she took a whole bunch of cars so she could tell all of her friends because they all need someone to come do their car. I'll I'll do that all day long. I do like four cars in a day, right? 800 bucks. I bring my employee with me. It's four hours in a day, right? Still 800 bucks, right? So I guess the, the point is you can be so rigid on your prices or you could just give in a little bit depending on your customer. Is it the, always the right thing to do? No. But it was the best thing to do in that situation, and that will gain me more security for future. And I already have her scheduled for every six months now. Um, so the disciplined SOP. So like what it is, and we already went over what a standard operating procedure is versus a standard operating guidelines. So the standard operating procedure and standard operating guidelines. <clears throat> So procedure is just as that, step one, step two, step three, step four, right? A guideline is an overall um, statement of action of the goal of this uh, SOP is to um, polish the car in a safe and effective manner, utilizing all the proper resources, blah, 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 following the standard operating procedure as set forth, and you know, using you know, the proper technique and using proper, um, I don't know, uh, you're standing in a certain way. There's like all these official guidelines you can go over for, for an SOG. It gives an overall perception. The SOP is the procedure, which most of the time is a step-by-step procedure that you do not delineate off of. That is what needs to happen. And that's how it is. Well, If you do this step-by-step procedure and you're not allowing your employee to have a little bit of autonomy because maybe this happened or maybe they don't need to use the cleaner, the interior cleaner before they use the interior dressing. Maybe they're using the mixed version that we all were taught, right? That they don't, the detail doesn't need, is not need that sufficient cleaning or maybe it's your kids at home. Like maybe your kid is cleaning the kitchen and they don't need to do the step-by-step procedure. Mom or dad has taught them because it's not that dirty. They just need to clean up a little bit, or maybe it's the floor at home, or maybe it's, you know, just an operating guideline. Perfect example is you're in line at a movie theater and someone cuts in front of you. What do you do? well, is there a law that states that no one can cut in front of you? No. Is it is it common courtesy? Yes. Is there a procedure on how you talk to somebody in life? No. Is there a law that dictates that you can't hit them? Yes. Is there a law that dictates you can't you can't you know be mean to them verbally? Yes, because it's it's still called abuse. Um. It's how you affect your step procedure and how that influences your kids. Meaning, so the reason why I picked the movie thing is I just saw it the other day. So I I went to the movies and this guy cut in line, and the guy in front of me has two little girls, and just I mean, this guy really just went off, right? And then um it, what it did was it reminded me is, is what is your procedure in life? Right. Are you rigid to the point where you can't let someone cut in line and maybe they just needed to like get in line before you, who cares? It's how you, it's how you show yourself to, to that person in front of your two little girls at the end of the day. At the end of the day, your little girls are not looking at the guy who cut in line. They're looking at daddy's mad. And that's the only thing that I can see that they're seeing is that daddy is mad. Right? Because one of them had tears in their eyes because dad was yelling. And I was like, oh, well, that's a direct reflection of this guy, right? So it's not just about life. it's, It's about everything else in life as well. Um, so, uh, is it? good old kick. <laughs> yeah, just had to read the chat. I was like, what is this? okay. Um, so being disciplined, but not too rigid, there could be so many different factors when it comes to business and detailing. And it's really about, um use it as an sog and not an sop because there's a guideline versus a procedure a procedure is very delineated it has um i can tell you it has an algorithm for things that could cause up but at the end of the day those algorithms don't make sense you're the one that makes sense you're the one that needs to bend you're the one that knows that you're strong enough to bend right What is that? That old Tanya Tucker song, strong enough to bend, right? The tree. It's okay to bend. And it's okay not to be straight and narrow. It's whether or not that you can allow yourself to be that way. Um, I don't really have any other really good examples, except for um, don't go to the fire department if you want to not have people that are too rigid. (laughs) Um, and it's also how you talk, right? Um, when you talk to somebody that has a problem on a on an issue, whether it's a standard operating procedure versus a guideline versus um, being rigid and not rigid. It's like, hey, you know, I, I thought we had, I'm sorry, did I train you? on the standard operating procedure. I thought we were doing the interior detail um, with we were gonna go ahead and do the steam and not the the carpet shampooer. Um, so if you go and talk to them and and you're acting as if you're asking a question, hey, I thought we were doing this. Did I not, was I not clear on the concept of what we are doing? Then you're gonna get a whole different view of, of then whether like, hey, I told you we were doing XYZ. Those are two different ways of going about talking to your employee. And it's also two different ways of talking to your daughter, your son, your parents, and anyone else that is out there in life, including your customers, right? So it's what you put out and the energy that you put out is what you're going to reflect and bounce back to you. Meaning that if you say that to your employee that way, I, hopefully they just say, hey, bro, don't talk to me that way because I don't deserve it. Um, And then the second thing is if you talk to them the way of like, hey, I I thought we were doing XYZ. Was I not clear and concise about that? Every day of the week, they're going to go, oh, you know what? I totally forgot. I saw, you know what? I saw this really bad spots on the carpet that just the steamer was not getting out. So I switched to the chant. I switched to the, um, to the little tidy, the mighty machine, right? Oh." That's awesome. Thanks for for taking that initiative because you don't know what they're seeing because you're not detailing the car. You have the employee to detail the car, and maybe you're doing the outside, so maybe you don't even know what's going on, and they have a whole nother plan of action because they saw something and they're taking the initiative to do it. So don't drive down their initiative. Ask them what they're doing and why they're delineating, why they're deviating from that SOP. Because they might have a good answer that you don't have anything um, you didn't realize was going on. Um, And remember that even with like when I did code enforcement with the fire department, it's the intent of the law, right? It's the intent of the procedure that you want to be done. It's the intent of of the law that you want to uphold in life. Um, It's the intent of your self-integrity that you're wanting to uphold. Sometimes it doesn't work. I'm not perfect. Chris isn't perfect. None of us are perfect, right? But it's the intent of who you are and your, your values of life that you want to hold up. So remember that be disciplined, not rigid. Anything to add on that one, Chris? Ryan, anybody?
2: Now you're good. Everything's good.
0: Mm-hmm. So, number eight to hold people accountable, but don't hold their hands. Huh. Mm-hmm. This is like the 12 year old daughter who wants the boyfriend, and because now she thinks she's 12 and has a boyfriend, and she thinks she's 18. Right. And is texting all the time. <laughs> I see, Chris is like smile because he's already been through that. <laughs> um, that's I I know that's like the funniest thing, but that's what I think about as soon as I see it. accountable, but don't hold their hands. I think of my kids, um, and that goes into also how you talk to your employees as well, or you talk to customers or your family. It holding them accountable. Like, we'll talk about the 12 year old since I brought it up. Hey, um, I got home and the dishes and the whole kitchen wasn't cleaned up. Was there something that happened today that prevented you from doing that? Because I you usually just do your chores. And so I'm, is there anything we need to chat about? Is there is everything okay? So if you go from it from that perspective, it opens up a dialogue between you and your child or you and your partner, or you and anybody. Because I'm not coming from like, hey, dude, this is supposed to be done. Where's your extreme ownership in it, right? This is like, hey, uh, you were supposed to get XYZ done and it's not done. What's going on? And then you're told, well, I had all this homework to do. And then, you know, so-and-so called me and I was talking on the phone and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And before you know it, it's like a five-minute dissertation about how they had a conversation about X, Y, Z, right? But at the end of the day, you still know why they didn't get the job done. And then you go, so I would really appreciate it if after you do your homework, maybe while you're talking on the phone, you could multitask. Well, what's multitasking? And then you show them what multitasking is, right? Um, your employees the same thing. How many how many employees have their cell phone in their pocket? How many employees are texting while they're on the job? <laughs> how many employees are texting or taking pictures while they're going to calls? Um, taking pictures of fires before I even get done with the fire. There's pictures of the fire on Facebook. How did that even get there yet, right? Um, (laughs) Accountable, but don't hold their hands. If you've got time to click a picture, but you didn't have time to get out of the engine appropriately and on time with your mask on and all your gear on, we have an issue. And I used to say it just like that. Not mean... Not forceful, not super aggressive, but just stern enough to let them know I was disappointed that they decided to click a picture because they know there's a policy about it. They know that you can't be clicking pictures and being on social media while there's a fire going on and that you think it's really cool that you're going to take your mask off to take the picture because you can't touch it with your big old fat gloves on. So you got to take your gloves off to now take the picture. And guess what? The brake just set and you got to get out and grab the hydrant. And then you're fumbling with your mask, you're fumbling with your glove, and you're getting out. So um, that happens not just with firefighters, not just with police officers, because I can tell you stories that my buddies have told me about their trainees. It happens with our kids, it happens with our parents. I mean, as your parents get older, they just don't care. There are zero F's in life, zero F's to be given in life as you get older and they don't care about anything, right? They care that they love you. They care that this is done and they have their little tasks. but the accountability of, of getting certain tasks done is just not there. So, but if you talk to them in a certain way, hey, um, this detail was supposed to be done at a certain time. It's not done. I gave you an extra hour. Um, is there something we need to chat about? Is there something we need to talk about? Did I not go over something? Is there something I did to prevent you from accomplishing that task? That's how I usually go over it. Um, It's kind of passive aggressive, I guess. But at the end of the day, it works for me. What works for you, Chris?
2: kick to the head
0: <laughs> kick to the head
2: yeah yeah
0: ryan what works for you man Let's see if he's he's muted still he might nah. be detailing. he's probably detailing like a banshee right now it's still early time it's just only five
3: just had a heart heart you know just got to, I mean, just like, yo, know,
0: <laughs>
3: quit. You know, like.
0: So what does Marcella do? I want to hear her view. What, what, is she, what do you think she does when there's an accountability issue? Give me her view. What is she usually, what's her mode of operandi?
3: Oh, <laughs> she's ruthless.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. She's so-
0: harder than you. Is that what I'm hearing?
3: Probably a little bit, yeah, yeah. I'm more, yeah. But I guess when it comes, you know, with the kids, I, I you know, try to talk to them and everything. But she, her, she's, she's, she'll set them up. <laughs> she'll set them up. So
0: well, she will she kind of play it out and give them like enough uh, space to let them choke themselves.
3: It's gonna be drug out. It's gonna be. <laughs> drug out. Uh,
0: yeah, I bet you enjoy watching it a little bit. Oh, I
3: love sitting back and watching. It's great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, man, accountable and not hold their hand. I'm trying to think of something. Uh, that would be a good one. Rolling hose. So I'm working as a captain in a forester station up in the mountains near anybody knows where kirkwood is in california it's big skiing mountain and on your way to that on highway 88 is a um, fire station called dewdrop well cal fire resides it with the us Forest service it's a combination station and um so (laughs) they've rent out a little space in our engine bay and they rent out a little little building from us.
2: And um
0: well, the previous shift decided to leave dirty hose and not roll the clean hose. So I came on shift, checked out the engine, and we did our training and the captain from the forest Service, because they work five days a week. They don't, they're not on the three-day, four-day blah blah blah, right? So um, I had a super good relationship with them. Like they'd never even stepped foot in our fire station until I got there. And I'm like, what? Like, come and eat with us, break bread. Our station has air conditioning. Yours does not. We have recliners. Yours does not. Take a nap at lunch. It's okay. So I had a really good relationship with the US Forest Service captain And um, he comes up to me, he's like, Sam, uh, every time you're not on shift, this happens. And it's not just how are we supposed to wash our hose and clean our hose when you have clean hose on the rack and dirty hose waiting to be washed. So our guys are usually rolling your hose and washing your dirty hose and then washing our dirty hose and letting it dry. So then I had to go to the uh, 20-year senior captain to me. I'm going to 20 years to my senior as a captain and talk to Greg and we'll just call him Greg. Greg says, uh, I don't care. It's my station.
2: I know you're going to do it, Sam. We didn't have time. Okay.
0: Hey, um, I'm trying to really the fine line of a partnership with Forest Service. Uh, They do a really good job of helping me clean up the area. We're building all these really great mitigation areas to show the public how to create a safe environment with uh, their wooded areas, how to clean up. We have all these different areas and, and you can see it's labeled. They're helping me do that because we're getting a lot of phone calls about how do I do this and how do I create non um fire type atmospheres at my house. Well, unless I have something to show them, a lot of people don't get it. They're helping us do this at no cost to them, except for they're just being good hearted. So if we can kind of be good hearted and allow them a little bit of space to clean their hose, I don't think that's a lot to ask. He's like, all right, but I'm not washing the hose if I don't want to. Greg you know what I totally get it man I got your dirty hose bro I got your dirty hose all I need you to do is to make sure the hose rack is clean if you could do that I would be so appreciative I mean you have no idea like just make sure it's it's I don't even care if it's put away just roll it up and put it at the edge, edge of the bay I don't care so I go back to the forest Service captain. And I talked to the Forest Service captain and said, hey, this is the deal. Don't wash our dirty hose. Kick it off to the side. I'm going to show you a spot you put it. And when I come back on shift, I'll make sure it's washed. And if they don't have any clean hose, guess what? They're going to wash it anyway. So um, how did I hold Greg accountable? I held him accountable by tit for tat, right? Forest Service is doing this. For our station, for our customers in the area that we serve, and they're helping us for free, and you don't have to do any of it, Greg. You get to do your right out the next two years to your retired type gig, right? Watch TV. I don't care what you do. You know, whatever you're doing is what you're doing, but please help me. So you need to find a way to talk to people, whether it's your cut, whether it's your distributor whether he's your customer, right? Whether it's the person that whoever you've got to talk to, find a way to hold them accountable in a way that sometimes you have to, to utilize the tip for a tat or you got to utilize, hey, um, by the way, this isn't going to get done unless this gets done. Or like, hey, buddy, there's different avenues. There's 50 different ways I could have handled the whole situation. I chose the way that I knew that his attitude was going to take. So you just have to choose and play a little psychologist with whoever you're dealing with in life, whether it's Marcella and Chris is never going to get one over on her. Apparently is what I just found out. And she will drag it out of the rest of his life. Um, So we know that, or, you know, you could, you could be Ryan and i don't know ryan's wife but he could tell us ryan what would what would happen how do you hold accountable people in your life we'll put him on the spot this time first
4: how do i hold the people accountable yeah um when it's my wife it's very rare that i have to hold her accountable she's usually holding me accountable so when i do i i do it i'll I'll just tell her, like, hey, you you know we're better than that. That's not how we behave. That's not how we act. Or we just have a conversation and it'll piss her off at first. This is same as my reaction. First I get mad and then I stop and think for a minute. I'm like, God, she's right. You know? Um, as far as holding people accountable, say like my employee at work, holding him accountable. I'll sit there and talk to him about things he missed and go over them and be like, do we have to do this again? You know, do we have to go through this again and me and him have a very open line of communication. So it's easy. In the past, um, I would not say things and just kind of let things slide. And then it would blow up into a big thing, you know? And so me not holding someone accountable and me not putting in that effort and just letting it slide eventually got to me and caused a blow up. So um, now- But now you're taking
0: the extreme ownership and dichotomy of leadership way. And you're like seeing certain things.
4: Yeah, now I don't, I don't, I'm pretty good at holding people around me accountable. Like if it's my friends or- my mom, even like you know, letting things slide. Like I just kind of say it, but I I try not to say it, and kind of like we were saying, like in a rigged way, you know, in a rugged way. Like it's your approach to it. Like exactly. I tr- and,
0: and what do we call these things normally? They're called boundaries. Yeah, they're boundaries. Like it's not just accountable with actions, but they're boundaries that you've set for whether it's your business, your life whatever it is right
4: yeah exactly and and that's a huge thing to me too because when people cross my boundaries like I'm all about respect and so if I feel disrespected or if I feel like you're not listening to my words like that's when I get pissed and that's when I really have to take a minute and like think about what I'm gonna say because my first thought's definitely gonna be wrong
0: oh yeah Like, I'm one of those people that if you piss me off, I'm going to write three or three to five emails (laughs) and I'm going to put them all on a piece of paper. Like, and they're probably going to be really shitty because my first thought is F you. Right. And then I go "Eh," and then I get lower and lower and lower. And then I go, "Eh, I think I'm going to sleep on it. (laughs) And then I sleep (laughs) on it. And then I'm like, is it bugging me today? Nope. But I still need to hold them accountable. So how am I going to do that?
4: Yeah, I've found with me, like, I, I do have to do that process. Like, I have to wait and I have to take it in. But if I wait too long, then the next day, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Let it slide. You were just in a bad mood. Like, you know, and I have to build myself back up. Like, I have to re-hype myself back up. Like, no, they're being disrespectful. Like, no, you have to approach this like, do not let this slide, but I have a positive way of going about it, but it, it does it. Like if I wait too long and let it sit, like I'll end up just letting it slide all together and not it being more of an issue for me. So yeah. now it's just, I like having those conversations up front.
0: That's and awesome.
4: I'm really working on boundaries right now.
0: That's good. You should, uh, there's a book I have for you. I'll, I'll hit you up later on via uh, messenger yeah. about boundaries uh, you're welcome Um. so one of the other things for this last portion of this chapter is I want to talk about leadership is what employees do when you as a leader leave the room it is that whole thing is it's kind of like the classroom when the teacher leaves the room what happens to the classroom all well, depends on how much your class respects you right? <clears throat> at all how much your employees respect the leader and why they're doing the job that they're doing. If they're going to keep doing the job, they're not just doing that at a, because they love their job. They're also doing it as a loyalty for that leader. They're doing it as, um, man, the, this guy or gal is like, man, I respect them so much. So respect and loyalty is huge to win from your employees. And from anyone that you're leading at the end of the day, because the true test of leadership is not when the leader is right there in front of you doing the job, because then everybody's going to do the job. It's when that leader leaves and has to go do another task. And what are your troops doing? What are your employees doing? What is your family doing? What is everybody else doing in your life? It's when you leave. That's a true trust of, um, I believe, true test of leadership. Would you believe that, Chris, Ryan?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, because
3: th- they don't they don't have the same vision as you.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: But if they have loyalty to you and they and they respect you, their vision, even if they have a different vision of you, they're gonna uphold your vision. Right? Even
2: if
3: it's not you, if they take ownership and what what the whole business or the whole aspect, whatever the mission may be, if they take ownership of that that right there and you get and you have to provide that ownership to them to see it then they're gonna tell, they're gonna take that extra step you know
0: yeah they gotta know the why
3: yeah the why the why
0: exactly mm-hmm. it always goes back to start with the why right uh chapter nine a leader and a follower was it last year that he went over uh leader and follower and there was a whole bunch of debacles about people and but what I think is the people that really enjoyed what he said about leader and follower are people like me and Chris and a lot of um, Oscar that come from a different realm of understanding what it that really truly meant. when you're paramilitary or military or in that type of situation when when someone says leader follow like, that really right there, it just kind of like clicks in and it brings you back to like, oh, focus. What, what's going on? Do I need to lead or follow? Are they asking me my opinion about a situation or do I need to just follow? Um, leading and following Chris Kyle. Um, I'm not sure if this is the one about Chris Kyle. I think it was. Ever not everybody, I shouldn't say everybody. Um, a lot of people know who Chris Kyle is, he, an exceptional um, sniper in the SEALs. And then Leif Babbitt uh, says that Chris and him were debating on whether to take up uh, a, sa- a building in the South and a building in the North, I think. I could be wrong if the East or West it doesn't really matter. Chris is like, no, that four-story building in the north is where we need to be because nothing happens in the south. It's going to be near this area. This is where we're going to get a lot of activity. This is where we need to be. Well, Leaf was like, I mean, he debated a while how he talked about it. He waited for Jocko to arrive. He waited for this to happen. And then he's like, you know what? And he finally remembered if he didn't surrender sometimes, and I call it surrender for a reason, you need it. Surrender is not a bad thing. Surrender is giving over to, not giving up. So, I need you to remember this, and I'm going to go on this tangent. Surrender, real surrender, is not giving up. It is not. When you surrender in a business way, when you surrender to your wife, yeah, it's, it's a giving over to, meaning that you're giving uh, over to someone else's sure. opinion.
2: I get up. See you. A little chip right there?
0: there we go. You're giving over to someone else's opinion you're giving over to someone else's objective because you don't have enough experience in what's going on. You don't have enough experience to dealing with the kids. You don't have enough experience dealing with the bills. You don't have enough experience dealing with this type of polishing, this type of, I have never detailed a plane. So like the guys that go to Air Force One every year, obviously they're doing a freaking good job if Ronnie keeps having him come back, right? They must be polishing really gosh darn well because I've never polished that much metal in my life. And it's probably pretty hard because I do very little polishing. But when I do it on older cars, I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? So you're going to surrender over to the people that have the experience. You're going to surrender over to their knowledge, skills, and abilities because you need to trust them. And that's what, that's what, What people don't really understand is like, whether you're leading and following, you have a leader and that leader is doing their job. They have to also surrender back to you, right? They know that you are following them, but they're still surrendering a piece of themselves to you. Um, So that's a huge thing is not surrender as in a bad thing, but you're surrendering over to it. Um, and understanding the dichotomy in that word itself will improve your whole life. Brene Brown, just saying. I'm going to say her name Brene Brown and understanding what surrender is. That's where you need to learn it from. Um, disagree, um, How to, knowing how to disagree and present your opinion. So Chris Kyle said, hey, this is not where the attack is going to happen. He presented why he felt like it was going to happen in the northern area and why not the southern area. At the end of the day, none of that uh, attack was done in the south area like Leaf thought. It was all done in the north area. They got 21 confirmed kills of enemies, and he said it was more than even 21, right? When you watch the movie, when you read Chris Kyle's book. It talks about this, this little, uh, thing and it wasn't just a little thing. Right. So, um, when you're like, it's a life and death situation and you're leading over to somebody or you're surrendering over to somebody, I have done it. I've, I've been a captain and an engineer said, cat, Hey, you know what? I'm seeing something else. I'm about 40 feet Above you right now on such and such. I, I'm literally 40 feet above where I can see you, but I'm a thousand yards away. I look over, and and my engineer is that far. We're talking on the radio about um strategic moves doing a wildland fire. And I can tell you, me going, Well, what are you seeing? Just like, what are you seeing talking about a situation? and letting my engineer lead, I'm not blindly letting my engineer lead. I trust my engineer. My engineer has a lot of experience. He knows what's going on or she knows what's going on that I can go, you know what, you're seeing something that I'm not seeing and it's okay. What what can we do? Where where do we need to initiate action from here? It's the same thing with detailing. Your employee may be seeing something that they needed to use that freaking Little carpet shampooer that we don't like to use because it gets the carpet too wet and it really degrades the backing of the carpet lining. But they had to do it. But we didn't see why. Once they explain why, you're like, oh, I get it. They're being a leader by taking that initiative within themselves. They're leading because you've given them that example to lead by. So a leader has to lead by example and also leading by example, is not leading and following and giving that up to somebody else and going, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Um, Striving to to form relationships with your boss, your distributors, your family, um, your customers. I've had customers that are super knowledgeable only because of the fact that they, mechanics and They've raced cars their whole life or certain things. So learn from your customers as well as teaching them something. This will create, um, when you, when you, so the other, the other example was this guy that was getting a really bad um, evaluation. And it's because he, he pretty much, Uh, got, I think it was something about how he got an evaluation that was super poor and it did not meet, even though he knew it exceeded the expectations of of what was going on, but it only happened because the vice president of the company showed him recognition and not his supervisor. So it was one step above him or something. So what it did was it created um, a distrust with his supervisor. Which, because that supervisor obviously didn't go, oh yeah, my employee's rat. Like he's got it going on. His employees have it going on. Like, yeah, give him give him great props. I appreciate you giving him great props, right? Instead, he went from, oh, well, you need to do this better, and you need to do that better, and then this guy got pissed off, yelled at him in in his evaluation mode, and. I think at the end of the day Leafs told him that he needed to to create trust between him and that employer again, right? Because even if you're if even if you're a leader, your leader's still going to have ego issues, right? Everybody has issues in life. No one is perfect. And this guy for some reason is is feeling short about himself, so he's going to have ego issues. Those ego issues led to a bad evaluation for this guy. So Leaf's advice was well, you need you need to be a team player. You need to follow. You can't be the leader all the time, even you can't lead over your own leader all the time. You have to follow him by leading your troops to follow him. What that means is you got to create trust between you and your employer. You've got to create uh, value. Um, so that way. That your employer seeks guidance and opinions from you. And you've got to, and that employer will give you what you need to get the job done after that. But you got to have that trust first. So at some point in time, this guy did not have the trust with his employer anymore. He just because he got recognition from the vice president, which was one step over his supervisor, it created a distrust. And it could have been certain things that you didn't see, right? He didn't say like, oh, yeah, you know, my supervisor was amazing. helped me lead it to this point, blah, blah, blah. That's usually what happens in that circumstance when that happens is that their supervisor doesn't have that good of a um, feeling about themselves and it creates ego issues. Other than
2: that, uh, what other... what was i gonna
0: say about what other issues do you see with that follow versus leading chris you've had a lot of that in in your life
2: no this is uh
3: this is actually i, I read this chapter pretty good and i liked it because it brought up chris because stupid fact chris was uh went through the sniper school um exactly like two months before i did so that was pretty cool oh wow yeah um that's back in the day but um um for example uh y'all will be on Air Force One yeah, you know yeah you're going to go there uh it, it's just a matter of time um when you when you roll up in there you got to drop that ego right off the bat right off the bat to even to some you know some you, we most know everybody that goes there but there is absolutely positively you have to listen and there is a certain procedure to work in all of that metal no matter what and if you get on the 29, as very, 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 very specific. And then if you're working on the finishing team and you're doing the medal on Air, Air Force One, that's totally different, totally different. And it's going to change. It might change on the in 30 minutes later and you might have to change up your whole technique. Um, But you are literally going to have people come up and make suggestions that have been there prior to you. Just like with, uh, what was his name? Leaf? Was it Leaf? Leaf? Yeah. Leaf. Chris he said in there that you know he really took in what Chris's experience already being in that battle or in that area he literally took in his experience based off that and that's what made him decision that saved our asses you know um so with that being you you have to you have to look at the individuals and um I've been there I've been there before I, I had to take a step back yeah might have been even a rookie, but they had a, a different mindset and different trainings and different things they've gone through. That I, I was like, all right, you lead, uh, you tell me what we need to do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow you. Rank is, rank is off the table, you know. I'm, I'm right, whatever you want, whatever we got to do to get this job done. Um, so this one kind of, I did, I did like, I did like, dug into this pretty good because uh, there was some very good points and a lot of. A lot of experiences that I I matched up with on that one.
0: Oh, for sure. I I can tell you that it it humbles you to and it humbles you in a good way. It's not a bad way, it humbles you in a good way when you can when you can relinquish that control to somebody that's your subordinate because they have a better idea. And not only are you proud of that individual. You want to push them forward? Oh yeah! What can I yeah. do to support this action? Yep. It's it's the most amazing feeling and the humbling feeling all at the same time is to be able to follow instead of lead. So, and we do
3: it. I do it nightly. Still, I still do it uh, every I night. I mean,
0: Marcella leads you every day.
3: <laughs>
0: it's, uh, <laughs>
3: that's a little different, but but like, no, it. If you if you're into combat sports, if you go into combat sports, you're gonna get in the ring. You're gonna be tussling around with with somebody, one of your one of your mates in there. And then it's like we try to match up based off of experience. But I'd much rather be with a more experienced. And it might be younger than me, but he's got a lot more experience than me. Put me yeah. with that guy. He may have been in, in uh, BJJ or MMA. He's got that experience in 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 the ring. Put me with that guy, because I am gonna swallow my ego. And I'm going to take that whooping like a lesson and I'm going to learn. So that right there is a perfect example that I still do every day.
0: My, uh, my, my, uh, friend that's a realtor, she's also the one that does my home coatings with me, my business partner for home coatings. She was a gymnast and she's like five foot three. So she's a couple inches shorter, maybe five foot two. And, uh, I work out with her every day, Monday through Friday. So Monday through Friday, we go to Fitness MD, which this place is rad, right? It's fun. It's a group workout, but and we've worked out together for years. But now that I'm back in SAC, we're working out together again. And then we joined Hot Works, right? It's this place where you go and you, and I was telling the guys earlier, you weren't here. It's uh, you do biking, you can do rowing, you can do elliptical biking. It's 125 degrees. You can actually get it up to 135 degrees in there, which is, that's what I do. So like, I'm always like pushing it up a little bit more. Um, and then there's, uh, all these different exercises you can do, whether it's yoga, it's like, um, different bands you can work. There's like 45 minute workouts you can do inside of this heat as well. So, Um, she's like, Sam, let's do our double workouts again. Because since I moved back to Sac, she hasn't had anyone to do double workouts with. And she knows that I'm up for anything. So now I'm working out two and a half hours a day, (laughs) an hour and a half of it's in heat. And the other hours, just in regular workout time, my body is tired. I'm aching, but, um, She lets me lead and follow at the same time, and I and I let her lead and follow. And that's a dichotomy of a good friendship. And it's trusting in your friends that that this is what you're gonna do. What is this book? If it's important to you, what what you gotta write, you gotta put it up at the same spot. Like I couldn't read it sideways, Corey. Put it back up again.
2: If it's important to you, what? I can't hear you. I don't know what's going on,
0: Corey. But he he had something. If it's important to you, he had something. That looked like it was important. Um, or so.
2: What? Oh, there you are. What was it? If it's important to you, what? Only one second. If it's important to you, you'll find
5: a way. If not, you'll find an excuse.
0: Oh, yeah. Perfect. Thank you.
5: <laughs> I just, I literally just got those from Amazon. I was going to put it on the
2: wall.
0: Nice. That's a good one. Thank you. You will find an excuse because I wanted to find an excuse earlier not to work out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I'm
0: in there doing my my freaking hot workout. Um, so dichotomies don't have to just be with your work. They can be with your relationships in your life and finding that balance in your life and finding that balance with your family, finding it with people that you just meet in life. That's what it's about, right? finding those boundaries finding out where you need to follow where you need to lead because in every relationship there's a leader and there's a follower yeah every relationship and it's just finding that dichotomy of knowing when to do it and when not to do it um the next chapter was planned. this is the last one we'll go over because it's already a little bit late but we're already so uh chapter 10 was planned but don't over plan and this is the one that i laugh at all the time because i have an eight and a half eight by five and a half trailer and it's a venos i got the tall one and that's my detail trailer right and um i have like i set this thing up to chris you would be you'd be like firefighter love for me because it's got the real lines of the everything before i even knew that real lines were a thing in detailing like I mean, I set this thing up so firefighter ready. It's ridiculous. Like everything is like, okay, is this right at my reach? Is this, this is the most thing I use. Is this out my reach right away? You know, like I'm always thinking about what I can change to make it better. Never enough fucking room. Never enough room because I want to take the whole shop in a trailer to go to somebody's house, Right.
3: You want a heavy rescue? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want a heavy rescue. I want a heavy rescue. I do. Yes, I was on a rescue team. I want the heavy rescue. I don't want the medium rescue. I don't want the light rescue. I want the heavy rescue every day, all day, every single time, because you never know what you're going to need. Um, <laughs> so, um, and Chris Tarveros is he's seen, my, and so has Ryan. Ryan and and Chris have both seen my trailer. Um, I can fit anything else in there. I will. I will like fit it in. I don't. I use the back of my truck. It's so horrible. I'm so addicted to like over over planning. Um.
5: (laughs) You're right. You're right, Sam.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So addicted to it. I
5: got. I got. I got a short bed Tacoma, and that's all I bring. That's it. Whatever goes in that truck, that's it.
0: <laughs> Chris, you've seen my trailer, dude. I overplanned.
5: Like you said, no one, nothing gets left behind.
0: No. Do you know what? That is like, so that's the mantra of local 2881. Um, we have this huge thing is no one left behind. So, and it's mostly for the deceased uh, firefighters and their families to know that even if you pass away as a firefighter, your family's never left behind, but um, nothing left behind. So, and that goes, I'm pretty sure it's my my firefighting issues. And if you're in an ambulance, you have everything at your fingertips. Um, So when I go to the Barry, I'm two and a half hours from my home and I need to have everything in my world, right? Because I go to this customer's house and he has 15 different vehicles. He is not decided which vehicles he's going to. He usually decides 5 minutes before I get there which vehicle. And if I got to polish it, I got to ceramic coat it, I've got to do XYZ. I never know what I'm doing, so I overplan. And there's I always have way too much crap that I'm holding down whether I go on vacation whether I go <laughs> like I'm the girl that has the big old bag that's like bursting out of seams because I got my shorts. I got my long pants. I got my jacket. I got my sweatshirt. I got my ball cap. I got my sun hat. I've got extra underwear, extra socks because I'm a firefighter at the end of the day. 25 years. I, I plan and overplan and I will stock and overstock. Um, but is that to a detriment for what I do? No. Sometimes it could be. Sometimes. Um, I'm not that rucksack that Jocko took that was probably two hundred pounds that he decided to sprint and run and instead of move and cover. Um Plan, but not Hoover plan.
5: If I was you, I would do the same thing, though, you (laughs) driving two hours. Thanks for supporting me, man. Today, my, uh, what do you call it? Today, my steamer went out, but I was only five minutes from my house. I was like, I told the customer, hey, I have to go back to my house and go grab my spare really quick. Something went wrong with my steamer. They're like, oh, okay, no worries. So... That was good for me. I was like, man, if I had, if I was Sam, I would have busted out my second one already. Went right to yeah. it.
0: Because, <laughs> you know, I've got the Chief and I've got my regular one I bought from uh, p and So it's, uh, if I don't need a lot of steam and I use that one, if I do a lot of steam, it's the Chief. But I've been in a yeah. situation where my steamer broke. Remember hey, I told did you, you that ever have the,
5: Did you have that experience with the Chief where if you run out of water and it loses pressure that it doesn't suck the water
0: oh you need to reprime it so prime I, I, yeah, I found a little, that
5: out today yeah
0: yeah there's a little pump in there and what happens is um pumps are meant to run with water it's called cavitation so it doesn't really um, i'm sure there's a mini impeller in there that corrects the pump or it could be a, a A different type of pump which is a positive pressure pump but um i don't think it has one of those it's probably got a little impeller but it creates pressure and what happens is you start pitting that impeller um because it's only doing air and and the air will um create pitting inside the propeller it's thinking about running something without lubrication that's the easiest way to explain it if you're running something without lubrication that needs lubrication, it dries out and it starts heating up and it starts warping. And that's what will happen because there's already tons of steam, right? In your steamer, it's already tons of heat. So it will start um, affecting your steamer in a very bad way very quickly because it's heated. And on top of that, it's running without any lubrication, which is the water that it's sucking. And what they call that is cavitation, it also loses its prime for pumping, meaning it loses its suction because it runs by Venturi effect. If you look at the um, steamer, your your chief steamer has a um, it has a little piece that goes into um, when you it has a little thing that goes down into your little uh, nozzle that goes down all the way to the bottom of the water, but it also has a piece that comes up. Which is um, it has to run air through another piece that create the Venturi effect that creates the pumping action. So um, look up Venturi effect um, on the internet, so you'll understand how your chief steamer runs. Um, but that's how it runs. It's just good old fashioned um, uh, mathematics. Sweet when it comes to it. It's but it creates a bypass basically. So it sucks in air, which sucks in the water, like when you're breathing through a straw. So think about it when you, and you're sucking up that water in the straw and then you let it out. Well, the Venturi effect pretends like you never took your lips off it. It creates that initial suction with air and the water coming up like a straw. And then it continues that suction. And when it runs out of water, it takes a while. To create that suction back again, and it and it hurts the steamer by not doing not having water in the tank. So, just so you know, watch your water on your tank. If you have a chief steamer, which I do, I have two because one broke one time. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Chris knows me. I got. I got two of everything. Um, so planning, but not over planning. I think over planning really comes into effect when um, it starts to be a hindrance, right? When you start hindering yourself in your job and that really comes down to almost micromanagement is how I think about it when it comes to our business or, or your lives and when we start over planning. Or you're just over planning to where you cannot literally fit any more weight in your trailer or your truck because you're going to be over the guidelines, right? What about you, Chris? What's your opinion on over planning versus uh, not planning enough?
2: Well, I have a little
3: Ford Transit Connect and I got everything in there. (laughs) Most everything, most everything, not everything. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, God, I'm thinking about getting one of those. By the way, are those look, awesome?
3: Yeah, I I love mine. I love mine. I got a 65 gallon tank in there. I got my generator. I got my pump. I'm a pressure washer. I mean, and and I carry. a I, I base mine off a tote system. Sorry, so like interior tote system, compound polishing tote system, marine tote um towels. So I get. and I just swap out totes. I carry. I can carry four at a time, but. I'll just swap out totes so as a needle aircraft, I got it's got its own tote. So, and I just pre-plan my totes based off what I normally need.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Now Um, what if you're in the what if you're far away for five days? How many totes can you have? Do you need a little cargo thing up on top? But I need a little? I'm just kidding.
3: So I do have a little cargo thing up top, but I just carry my gorilla stands and nose.
2: Oh yeah. That
3: way. A way i don't have them in there nothing's taking up that space in, inside yeah. so yeah yeah um so pre I, <laughs> planning <laughs> i like planning but you're right over planning isn't gonna cause you stress and everything and, and, and <laughs> overweight <laughs>
2: yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's the way i work my system so but planning on other things i mean
0: That's where I do too many possibilities in my head. What if this happens? What if that happens? And I over catastrophize my detail, right? Like because we're firefighters, I over catastrophize what's going to happen. I don't have my heavy rescue now. I don't have my fire engine. I have my toolbox. I have a small teen tiny toolbox that only brought screwdriver, uh, fill you know whatever flathead. I brought a wrench, but I forgot to bring pipe wrench. How can I how can I mitigate the issue? So I'm always thinking about that kind of stuff.
3: Improvise and adapt. <laughs>
0: yeah. I've had to do that. I've had to oh, do yeah. that. Oh yeah. So that was the last chapter. Do you guys have any comments? Anyone else got plan versus over planning? And Sam's eight and a half trailer that she overplans with with her pickup truck
1: i'm I'm really guilty of that of over planning oh, wow. and then like today in this situation that I had that I last two days preparing to uh, do the ceramic coating and then the most basic thing that i I should have not forget I forgot so luckily, I was lucky that my wife was able to go into work late and she dropped off the drying towels for me.
0: <laughs> That's rad. <laughs> But, rad. I love that you admitted that. Miro, I love you, man. I love <laughs> that you admitted that. That's awesome.
1: It, it's, I mean, I got to be honest to myself. I, I can only be human. So as much as I prepare, it's always those little things that sometimes you'll miss and it, yep. it always will happen. You can try so much to try to remember every single thing, but it's hard when you're not in your own location. If you're mobile, that's, that's the risk that you're taking. And sometimes it, uh, I was lucky this time around, but if not, then I would have just had to use a whole bunch of microfiber towels to dry off the, the customer's car.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. So we're done with this. We'll be back again next Friday, hopefully to finish off the book. Um, just a heads up. Um, I'm going to do a little change. I was going to do a uh, a leadership by Brene Brown, but I want to do a quick 80 page book by Abby Wambach, which is called Wolfpack. She's like, um, argumentally the best soccer player in the world. She had more, uh, uh, scoring more, um, defensive offensive Mid, just a great leader. And when you look at her stats as a soccer player against any other soccer player in the world, you would wholeheartedly agree that she's probably one of the best soccer players that's ever played in the world of soccer um she was on the olympics won olympic gold um usa nationals team and she just happened to write this leadership book that um changed my view about a couple things and i just think it's amazing and it's only 80 pages so wolf pack by abby wambach is the next book and then we'll get into i know chris has actually um read dare to lead right um by Bernay brown i think were you the one that read it chris
2: yeah yeah it
3: was a brown yeah i can't yeah. remember what it was dare I to lead. listen to it i think and
0: yeah it's a it's a good book um we probably won't spend as much time on bernie's book as we do um because there's different things in that one but for sure, Abby Wambach's Wolfpack um, will be the next book because it's short, sweet, and it's just an amazing book on leadership. Um, other than that, do you guys have any other anything else to add? We'll see you next Friday. Everybody good with 415? I'll probably
3: be a little late, but like I did. do 430.
0: Are you good with 430 then? Y'all you keep it a
3: regular. Started. regular. Okay. I'll, I'll jump on as soon as I okay. get in a truck.
0: Right on. Thanks to yeah. you guys for participating. Love having conversations with you guys. Have a good night. Have a good weekend.
5: Thank you, everybody.
0: All right. Have a good night, everyone.
2: Yeah. yeah. Have a good night, everyone. Have a good night. <laughs> Later.